Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Syracuse Sports, presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare partner of Syracuse Athletics. Brent Axe here with you once again, and today we're talking rivalries. It's rivalry week for Syracuse, and I say that almost in quotes. I still say that even with a question in my mind. It's rivalry week for Syracuse because Georgetown is on the bat. And yes, it's fill in the blank time to whatever you're listening or watching this. And Georgetown still, well, you know the rest, right? I was uh, talking to somebody about this this week. And I brought this up and I said, I'd like to talk about this on the podcast. And they said, well, I feel like we talk about this every year. And I said, yes, we do. And I think we should. That right there might tell you that this is not what it used to be. It still, to me, is a rivalry. It will always be a rivalry. You're talking to a kid that grew up in Syracuse, New York, and one of the biggest events of the year was the Syracuse-Georgetown game. You know, my father and I had season tickets at the Dome, and we went to a lot of games, but there was something special about Georgetown and the memories of that, many of which I don't have to repeat for you, right? It's like that great line in Field of Dreams. They're so thick, you have to brush them away from your face. But has this become too much about that? Has Syracuse-Georgetown become too much about the past and not reviving it? And it's been interesting to see how this thing has come this far down the road when Jim Beheim was coaching against Patrick Ewing in recent years. Before that, Jim Beheim against John Thompson III and how Beheim lasted longer than the original John Thompson through Craig Escherich, through all the coaching changes, right? There he was. Well, here we have a new matchup this year. Adrian Autry, who certainly played in his fair share of Syracuse-Georgetown games, and Ed Cooley, who's now the head coach at Georgetown. Ed Cooley certainly has an appreciation for Big East history. And I'll be very curious to hear what he has to say about this on Saturday. I don't know if you've caught any of Ed Cooley's press conferences this year. I've really been enjoying him, to be honest with you. He had some frank advice for some student reporters at Georgetown just this past week. Georgetown lost on a buzzer beater. TCU was clearly on the out-of-bounds line when they shot that buzzer beater. And Ed Cooley, I think, had a very thorough, direct, but polite examination of that. So I'll be curious to see what Ed has to say about this because he is a pretty honest guy, right? I know what Adrian Autry's answer to this will be. I've already heard it this week in some interviews that he's done, and he has said it in the past. It's a rivalry. It needs to maintain itself as a rivalry, and it needs to be on the schedule going forward. But does it? And if so, why? Are we just keeping it on the schedule for old time's sake? I mean, you play a lot of games a year. You play over 30 games per season in the regular season. The ACC is tough enough. But what the ACC has never brought is that feeling of the old Big East. What the ACC will never bring is the feeling of of Syracuse Georgetown, Syracuse St. John, Syracuse Villanova. Every time that 30 for 30 documentary comes on, Requiem for the Big East, which in my opinion is the best 30 for 30 ever made. OJ Made in America is on a whole different level. I don't even consider that a 30 for 30. I just consider that a, a film and a masterpiece at that. But we all know that it is stuck in that time capsule. So do we put Syracuse Georgetown on the schedule just for old time's sake, just to stir up old memories, just to put a little spice 
into the non-conference schedule, which think about it. Look at the non-conference schedule Syracuse has already played and will continue to play out here as the month of December winds down. You played in Maui and played teams like Tennessee and Gonzaga. Cornell is better. Colgate is better. You're playing Oregon in South Dakota. Now, maybe this year is kind of an extreme example, but you have the ACC-SEC challenge on the schedule now. The message has been sent in recent years that you've got to beef up your non-conference schedule. It leaves so much less room to wedge in games like this, and in this case, a rivalry game. I think Ed Cooley is going to make Georgetown better, and I feel like this matchup will be better. But frankly, there have been times when Syracuse has played Georgetown, and here's another example of it, and Georgetown's net ranking is somewhere in the 200s. And you're hurting yourself just by virtue of putting that type of game on the schedule. The realities of today almost overwhelm the memories of the past. Now, here's the other thing about Syracuse Georgetown, without even getting uh, and waxing nostalgic about all the memories. This is an important game for Syracuse to have a presence in the Washington, D.C. DMV area, right? This is a fertile recruiting ground for Syracuse basketball. Just this year, Judah Mintz is a Maryland native and gets to go home and play in front of his family. Interesting subplot coming into this year's matchup. Will Benny Williams get on the court? Benny Williams, who in just his short time at Syracuse, I remember reading some things from him last year after this game, has an appreciation that he heard from a lot of family and friends, both in person and on social media, about Syracuse and Georgetown. So it's a hard flame to put out. There are too many people like me that are older than me, that remember Manly Fieldhouse is officially closed, and that's the root and the center of college sports, and they can never let it go and don't want to let it go. And frankly, I don't blame you for that. As much as college sports has changed in the name, image, and likeness era and the transfer portal era, the modernization of college athletics, which Syracuse has certainly been involved in and has seen its fair share of. I just brought it up, the, the move to the ACC and the financials and the necessary reasons to do that, leaving behind the Big East. But the Big East is not what it once was, and we knew that that had ended. That kind of puts it into context of when Syracuse Georgetown has now settled into. This is a game that has typically been scheduled in December. It used to be a game that was played in the heart of conference play. You could almost you know, put it in your calendar that at the end of February, beginning of March, at the end of the schedule, you would have Billy Packer sitting courtside, either with Brent Musburger or Jim Nance, calling the game, CBS, and they would slot that in. You just knew that Syracuse-Georgetown game was going to be a featured national broadcast. And it kind of is this year. It's on Fox this year, so there's still enough of a cachet there where you want to put that on. That still can draw an audience. And I understand that. But the reason I bring up December, it's holiday season, right? Holidays are rooted in tradition. Christmas, Hanukkah, rooted in tradition. No matter what the world is, you have traditions. Everybody that is watching this podcast or listening to this podcast at this moment, I would almost bet my life on, has a holiday tradition. Whatever that holiday tradition is, right? That's what Syracuse Georgetown feels like. It was unthinkable at one time to suggest that we don't have Georgetown on the Syracuse basketball schedule. Is it still unthinkable? If it went away tomorrow, how would you feel? 
How would you react? I think I'd be sad for a little bit, but would kind of understand it was time to move on. There are probably some holiday traditions that you moved on from. Why do we bring a fruitcake every year to the Christmas party? Ah, Grandma loved fruitcake. And as the years go by, eventually, after nobody ate the fruitcake, you just stopped bringing it. And you moved on, right? You created new traditions while still celebrating the ones that linked you to the past. So if anything, Syracuse Georgetown is at a crossroads. It needs to recalibrate. And that's what these things need to do sometimes. The younger generation, the current players... They care more about going home, in the case of Judah Mintz and Benny Williams, than some rivalry that their coaches talk about all the time, or you can go watch on YouTube, right? It is a very important area for Syracuse to recruit in. But is Ed Cooley going to look at this situation and say, why do I have to play Syracuse? It's not important for me to put my team in Syracuse, New York. The current structure of Syracuse Georgetown is a home-and-home. They will play this game in Washington, D.C. Next year, they will play in Syracuse. My hunch is it will be renewed. And I'll probably be happy that it will be renewed. Because old habits die hard here. And I'm still of the belief that you youngsters out there have to know where you came from. That's right now. Am I going to feel this way next year? That's why I ask this question every year. Why do you keep doing it? Why do you go forward? Why do you keep bringing the fruitcake to the Christmas party every year? And more often than not, I got to tell you guys, Syracuse-Georgetown will remind us. There have been a lot of close games between these two in recent years. Georgetown has sniped Syracuse. They beat Syracuse and I think didn't win a game the rest of the year (laughs) recently. And hence the coaching change and the break of tradition. If anything, Georgetown is in a really interesting spot. Ed Cooley is the first coach at Georgetown, that does not have a direct link to John Thompson, I think since the 1960s, right? You want to talk about breaking away from tradition, but also trying to use tradition to its advantage. There is still a brand when you talk about Georgetown basketball, but there's a modern thing that has to be addressed, which Ed Cooley has come in there to do, namely to win basketball games. Adrian Autry has been tasked with the same thing, following a legend that is the utter definition, the fabric of the old Big East in Jim Beheim. So we'll see where this chapter of Syracuse Georgetown takes us and whether or not we'll be having this conversation again next year. Now, I wanted to spend some time with our Syracuse Sports Insiders on this. I sent you guys a text that we were going to be talking about this on the podcast. And if you are not a Syracuse Sports Insider, you got to become one today. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. And what that grants you is direct access to me. Now, this is not a group text, guys. You text me, I text you. You can text me as often as you want, whatever you want. The questions, the opinions, the show ideas, the guest ideas, just, hey, talking sports. You guys are just texting me things that you're watching, not always about Syracuse, by the way. And I text you back. You get my opinions first. You get breaking news first. I did a story about Syracuse and NIL and The wave of Fran Brown and the first media appearances from Fran Brown sending his message to Syracuse football fans and what the NIL response was in the 72 hours between Sunday night and Wednesday night and what exactly those numbers looked like. Our Syracuse Sports Insiders got not only a heads up that story was coming, they got details of that story. It's been an incredible ride. We are building a, a true community, and we want you to be a part of it. And 
being a Syracuse sports insider grants you exclusive voice on this podcast. They get priority, and they are the ones that we respond to here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. So the question I sent to our Syracuse sports insiders, what does Syracuse Georgetown mean to you in 2023? So I want to spend some time with some of your terrific responses to that. Personally, I'm 24. In my lifetime, growing up as a Cuse fan, I'd rather try to get every year game with UConn. I view them with more animosity. This, of course, is drawn on generational lines. There are Syracuse fans of a certain age that hate UConn, and I would deem them the Eric Devendorf generation, the six-overtime game, mid to late 2000s, right? They hate UConn more than they hate Georgetown. They get it. They know that their dads and their uncles and their moms and their aunts and their grandma and grandpa hated Georgetown. But every generation likes to latch on to its own thing. And there is a strong contingent of people that would much rather see UConn on the schedule every year. I should remind you, UConn is the defending national champion. And Danny Hurley has built a hell of a program there. So that's kind of a bankable loss for Syracuse these days. But totally get the UConn aspect of this. From Gary S., I would like to see it continue, but if it doesn't, so be it. We just have to start playing better. Gary, very much in the here and now and not thinking about the past. From Gary S. to Kevin S., I agree. It doesn't have the same punch it used to, for sure. I still hate Georgetown, but I get up more for a battle against Duke or UNC now just due to their continued stature in the sport. Now, if you ask 100 Duke fans who their rival is, they're all going to say North Carolina and vice versa. Syracuse and Duke has carved out its own thing. I hesitate to call it a rivalry because it didn't check all the necessary boxes of a rivalry, history, geography, notably. But Syracuse-Duke is its own thing. And John, I think, is becoming somebody that is more and more apt to fall back to those things. While missing the Big East and what it represents and what it is, you kind of have to live in the now. From Matt W., who says, personally, I would rather see them get an annual game with UConn. We have a theme developing here. I think they could actually still keep the Hoyas on the schedule, though. From Steve B., as far as the Georgetown game, I don't really think about the recruiting element. So a good point about that. But the game itself is forced. Trying to scrounge up that enthusiasm gets harder every year. My guy TK, who says, I believe it continues to be an East Coast rivalry, and that fans and players live vicariously through it to this day. Your point of the SU recruiting area also remains significant. Topoli G says, in a way, I can see that maybe it's run its course. But then again, if Georgetown were not on our schedule, it would be like something is missing because I'm so used to it. From Michael B., I love that the two programs continue to play. It may have lost its luster given the departure from the Big East in addition to both teams being unranked for the past several years. But in a world where money now determines everything and has changed the landscape of college athletics, it feels great to still have a rival to play against. From Aaron S., I think the Georgetown rivalry is entirely a nod to history. If Beheim or Thompson, even his son, was there, it would still have that luster of a legit rivalry. I liken it to wearing 44 in football. The history and story are great, but it's not genuine to keep pretending it matters more than any other game or any other jersey now. From Craig S. says, Axe, to me, the rivalry is my connection to the 80s. Those games meant so much to fans like me. And ending the rivalry would remove any connection to the glory days 
of SU Hoops. Oh, I forgot one important thing. Your mother's a Hoya. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. KS, you're right. The height of that rivalry has been over for years. That being said, recruiting is pivotal. So we have to continue to get recruits out of that area like Sherman Douglas. I say play. Another great name that has come out of that DMV area in Syracuse's highly targeted reasoning to at least have a game there once every couple of years. Now you play Virginia in the ACC. You get into ACC territory with regularity now. That's the counter, right? David K. I know what you mean about Georgetown. It feels a bit forced these days, but after all, uh, Georgetown still sucks. So it might feel good to mix it up and hopefully beat the you-know-what out of them. There you go. A lot of people are texting in at 315-847-3895 to say it's fill-in-the-blank time and Georgetown still you-know-what. Now, I want to find this uh, text because... Somebody actually offered up an intriguing tournament of sorts. If you're watching the NBA these days, there is a in-season tournament going on in the NBA, which I thought it was kind of interesting that they would do to spice up the regular season, kind of like we're talking about here. Keeping a Georgetown, keeping a rivalry game on hand, spice up the regular season, do something different, right? But I had a text from Sean, and give me a moment here, guys, while I find it, who proposes this. So a lot of you brought up having UConn on the schedule, maybe St. John's on the schedule, maybe Villanova, right, with a hat tip to the past. Here's Sean's suggestion. He says, Brent, I like playing Georgetown every year, but I think an in-season tournament of the original Big East teams would be fun. And he lays it out, something like this. Round one, Syracuse versus Georgetown. UConn versus Boston College. St. John's versus Seton Hall. And I'll tell you what, I'll put it on the screen here for you guys if you're watching on YouTube so you can see exactly what we're talking about here. So give me just one second to do that here. Because I think he's got a pretty interesting idea. Not going to lie, guys. I think this is something I'd like to see as opposed to just one day an ACC, SEC challenge or something of that note, right? So here's round one, and I'll just repeat myself briefly. Let's say you get game one, Syracuse, Georgetown, UConn, BC, St. John, Seton Hall, Villanova, Providence. Round two, you'd have the winner of game one versus the winner of game four and on through, and then round three, a championship and consolation game. The round one games could be held on campus sites, and rounds two and three, now, here's where you really tickle my heartstrings, Sean, at Madison Square Garden. Okay, who says no to that? Who says no to that? It's great for TV. You incorporate both nostalgia and current form. Rick Pitino's coaching at St. John's right now. How is that game not on the Syracuse schedule, by the way? It better be next year, okay? UConn, the defending national champion, Villanova, who has been one of the better programs in college basketball in recent years. Jay Wright has moved on, but he has built something there. Who says no to that? I would much rather play in a tournament like that. Now, Maui was cool. Don't get me wrong, right? And you got to play in those tournaments. And you have the Jimmy V Classic, and you have different, uh, like we said, made-for-TV events like the ACC-SCC Challenge. But who says no to something like that? I don't know if you could play it over three days, but you could do it over two. 
and Madison Square Garden to revive what the old Big East tournament was? Who says no to this? So I want to thank everybody that texted in and sent their ideas and their feedback on this. Sean B., we're going to have to like send you a special prize or something because that is a phenomenal idea. And I think they need to implement that or something like that because that is just too good to resist. And I'm just going to flat out start a movement to make that happen. Great stuff from Sean. Great stuff from you guys. And the conversation continues for our Syracuse Sports Insiders. We'd love for you to join the community. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. It's a two-week free trial. And then after that, it's just $3.99 a month. One, one, co- one coffee a month. What's a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts these days? About that. Can you even get a coffee for 4 bucks at Starbucks anymore? It's funny. My dad used to make that joke all the time. Oh, you're going to 4 bucks? Yeah, 4 bucks is what it costs you. That's it. To be a Syracuse Sports Insider, where you get my opinions first. You get breaking news. The Fran Brown story. When I broke the news that Syracuse was finalizing a contract to hire Fran Brown, you got that news first as a Syracuse Sports Insider. We have broken news thanks to our Syracuse Sports Insiders, and they get it first. The back and forth, the questions. Frankly, guys, the inspiration I get from you. I wanted to do this topic today. I text you, boom. The feedback that I got was amazing. And we've got some ideas to grow this in the future. We're kind of building this as it goes. And I love being a part of this community. Come on board. Come hang. We'd love to have you as a Syracuse Sports Insider. In the meantime, thanks for listening to this episode of Syracuse Sports, presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare partner for Syracuse Athletics. Speaking of Syracuse Georgetown, we'll have our post-game podcast live after the Orange take on the Hoyas Saturday afternoon. If you do miss it live, it streams on Facebook, on Twitter, or X, and on YouTube, our Syracuse Orange Sports YouTube page. If you do miss it, of course, as a Syracuse Sports subscriber on the podcast feed on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, you will get it so you can listen or watch whenever you want. That's when we will join you again for our live post-game show podcast after the Orange take on the Hoyas for now. It's fill-in-the-blank time, and you guys know the rest.